<laughs> I will try. I'll try hard. I, you know, I appreciate that, Joel. Okay. I appreciate you trying hard. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome to Practical Shooting After Dark. We've got a special show tonight. I have, I've been busy. The shows have been spotty. Sorry about that, by the way. Yes. Um, and I have, I was, haven't been on as much. And there's a lot of things happening. So I have a lot of shit to talk. So it's just me and Joel tonight because, well, let's just say. Not some new stuff has came stuff. to light, man. A lot of ins, <laughs> yeah. a lot of outs. Yeah, there's some new shit has, has come to light. And, you know, <laughs> not everybody needs to be on this one. Because I, I plan on uh, firing some missiles. Yeah, you know how it is, Joel. Mm-hmm. So, um, Joel, you have a topic. I actually have four topics. Oh, boy. All right, I'm going to run it down for you. And then I figure I do a couple, you do one, then I do a couple more. Does that sound good? Can't wait. You should interrupt me a lot because I want to make sure I explain this stuff because, well, I want to talk about a complicated shooting topic, which will require your input. Okay. And I want to make sure that I cover the relevant topics as far as what's been going on with USPSA because that's been very entertaining. And then there's another part I can't wait for, of course. I want to talk about. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you don't have to wait, Joel, because we'll start with it. Oh, great. I was thought, I thought we could start with some shooting content, but okay, yeah. proceed. Right. Topic one. It looks like the org is, thing, things, have, things have escalated. It's kind of reached a whole new level uh, for dysfunction. The cameo thing, uh, that was a big issue that people can't really ignore. And that comes right on the heel of the budget issues that you can ignore, but like, you know, it looks like dues are going to get raised or something. Like something's going to have to happen as a result of that. So uh, it, over time, that won't be ignored either. Um, and honestly, it's getting a little bit nasty. Uh, you've been seeing that, yeah, Joel? I've seen that. Well, it seems like, I mean, posts are getting, or comments get nuked off their posts quite frequently. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of talk, for sure. Especially the cameo thing, obviously, got a lot of uh, a lot of people's attention. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's been nasty for a while. Like, I'll be honest, back during Christmas, you might remember that week, Joel, I was... Nastier than I needed to be, especially with Mr. Layton. Mm, yeah, um, very kind of you. Christmas I've tried promise. To be, well, no, I'm just, I've tried to be nicer since, honestly. Like, I, I was, <laughs> I'm, I can be a little mean occasionally, too. But uh, these guys are getting, these guys are getting crazy. Uh, especially, uh, well, I think the big escalation from the organization was smoking that one dude. What, Joe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the the one guy that they I they're not officially really saying, but I think like based on some stuff I've read that the uh, org people like I've read some stuff that Sherwin it, it was not public. So he know. was ineligible for competition. Is that correct? Yes. But yes. like that's so he, he as opposed to like saying smoking. That's the important part. Right. Being but, ineligible for competition. But, in, ineligible for competition, I think the reason... Pending a bar and ban, I guess. Yeah, but the reason would be, I, I think they were thinking he's the guy who uh, put out the, or sent the anti-gun group, whatever. But it, I think it's turned out that that's, I don't think they have anything. Again, I've read some emails that, I should, <laughs> that they wouldn't want me to have read. And I don't think they have shit. So uh, I think Sherwin's going to have to back down on that. Um. And that's, you know, it's a really contentious situation. Uh, like, Jake's gone a little bit nuts. He uh, he went after one of the online critics right around some criminal history of Jake's came out, which is, 
this is a long time ago and you know it's a moment in time and people can change or whatever but if i'm to i mean i got sent i again i've seen some screen caps and some uh text messages myself and if i believe what i'm reading jake drove a few hours or said he did to he texted like this critic guys like this is a very antagonistic relationship again it's gotten heated going mm -hmm. both directions sure like it's like there's there's some guys that i guess you would put on our team that are pretty intense mm -hmm. like, they're going a little crazy too i'm following you you might see like i don't get involved in a whole lot of stuff because it's just it's too fucking much for me even it's like yeah it's just it's just whatever but there are some stuff things that should be talked about or whatever this is one of those things that we're kind of talking about it because we have to looks like basically jake texted this guy i don't i mean god has found his identity because this is like an anonymous internet guy figures out his identity somehow starts texting his phone to try to meet him in person which would be hours away from where jake lives or works or whatever this okay is super weird so police this is not like messaging the account this is like finding his phone number and texting him Right. So apparently the homie filed a police report. I don't I doubt anything's going to happen, but it was pretty weird. And that uh, in com like yeah, so you look at that like in combination with criminal history, that becomes you're like, oh, well, you know, that's kind of makes more sense. I'm not going to lie. I'd be uncomfortable if like somebody I didn't I wasn't expecting to interact with drove to my city and then started texting me that he wanted to like meet me to talk to me about. Some, no, that's like some grievance. That's super shady behavior. I would I would not want to meet with that person that had a grievance against me if that if that's what happened. Right. So now insights has gone pretty nuts. And uh, well, he's not that's not nuts, but the uh, it's going they're doing financial background checks on the board and uh, USPSA leadership. And. This, you know, nothing surprising has been su surprising has been found, just like a few of these guys have a history of lots of problems you know so not surprising uh it's like i don't know they pretend to be perfect and they don't take input and it's like well look you're just people too uh-huh yeah. yeah and but they don't like <laughs> they are not the financial masterminds they pretend to be Espe i mean honestly especially especially ted <laughs> uh reading the background on him was hilarious well, and the org's having serious financial problems, so that needs to be looked at by somebody qualified. Yes. Well, anyway, I think it's going to get nastier from here, but the organization, I think, will be fine. But these guys, like, it's getting, it's getting wild. So we'll we'll see. Well, stalking someone to the point of a police report, if that did happen, is uh, definitely an escalation. Well, I mean, I read, I read. I read a text message where he indicated he he did that, but I'm not sure I be would believe that. I mean, maybe he did. I don't know. Yikes. All right, next question or next 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 topic. Yes, please. All right, so Joel, we've been talking a lot about vision. Yes. Uh, the last, I'd say, two years, mm -hmm. uh, including dots. Uh, making sure that people are shooting target focused, making mm -hmm. sure that people are looking at small spots, yep. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you follow lots of uh, shooting instructor content. Uh-huh. Uh, how common would you say it is you see instructors who are able to assess 
from the third person if people are shooting target focused or sight focused or if people are picking out small spots on the target. No names come to mind. There's no. It's not something that gets talked about, is it? No, not really. Well, it's very difficult to do. It's not something that I can show you on a piece of paper. I mean, if you know what to look for, I could show you on the target why the hits are going where they are. But it's a complicated conversation, and it's uh, you have to know what yeah. you're talking about, I guess, to start that conversation. You have to know what you're looking for. It's very difficult. Yeah, yeah. Good. So I thought, so I thought I'd start the conversation. Tell me so more. I got to go down a list of things to look for. Oh, uh, okay. And uh, you know, maybe it'll help you out to coach yourself, coach your buddies, that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, this is. This is going to be a real uh, banger. I like this. Okay. I proceed. told you, Joel, today's show's going to be a banger. Going to shit on the board. Useful shooting topic. We're breaking new ground here. Fast forward to the useful shooting topic. All right. Tell me more. Yeah. Oh, and then we're going to go back to shitting on the board. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> All right. So if you want to make sure, if you're, if you're wondering if you're site focused or target focused, here are some things to look for. So a posture change. So when you see the head start tilting forward, especially with rapid fire or uh, right after a movement, that's really common. Or if somebody's shooting on the move, whatever. Uh, if you see their head tilt forward or they start to turtle down more into the gun, that's mm -hmm. an indication that they potentially just switched to focusing on their sight. Mm -hmm. OK, if you see an L-shaped target transition, what I mean is the gun is moving in one direction. So like I'll put it. If you do a target transition, it should be in a straight line uh, in almost all cases. Like yes. that means the path of the gun should be a straight line from one point to another. If There's you, no point for it to wiggle around or not do anything with that. If you put a dot on the A of each, like the perforated lay, letter A of each target and you drew a line between those, that's yes. the path you're saying the gun should take. Absolutely direct. It, yes, again, with very few exceptions, that would yes. be like weird situations. Or if you're up too close to a wall and you can't physically move the gun that way, mm -hmm. right? Something like that. Uh, okay, so if you see an L-shaped transition, that's an indication that the shooter is sight-focused. What I mean is the gun is moving in one direction, and then as it approaches the next target, it changes direction and then centers up in that target. Okay, that's an indication that they're sight-focused. Why? So what's happening is... The shooter's watching the site, then they peripherally see the target, then they know exactly where it is, then they change the path of the transition to match where they're perceiving the target. Yes. That's what's going on there. So if you see that, that's a big indicator. Okay. Obviously, if you can get a camera in front of the person, you can see what their eyes are doing. So there's pretty much two things you're going to see. Either their eyes are going to smoothly roll, like you're rolling a marble across glass. Like that's their eye following the site. Mm -hmm. If you see their eyes hopping from one point to another, hop, 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 that's an indication that the shooter is target focused. Yes. Okay, okay so you want to watch out for this during particular times, during different circumstances, because this is really going to help you identify when you're doing this. Because uh, it's one thing to be target focused, like just for one drill. It's a lot different to do it consistently for a whole stage. And there's some circumstances that you're going to be inclined not to be target focused, even if you really intend to be. Okay. And huh? a lot of why, why, you know, we harp on this all the time is 
people don't know how often they kind of mess this up. You know, uh, yes. Would you give me an example of a time when somebody is really trying to be target focused, but they might accidentally switch to being, you know, site focused? Okay. So number one time is going to be when the shooter perceives the shots as more difficult. So that could be the target, you know, whatever the presentation, the distance, whatever the fuck. Like it, or the, the sh it could be their circumstance. It could be an awkward body position or whatever. You know, like for if the shooter, like if in their head, they're perceiving it, oh, I need to aim more. Like this is hard. Then they're going to change their behavior. So that's the, that's the number one time that's going to happen. If they're shooting while moving, that's another time uh, where people tend to, to drill down into the site, particularly if they're shooting a dot. For bonus points, Joel, why would this happen more with the dot? Uh, well, it's okay. It's a bonus question. I'll I'll give you the answer. Uh, so the uh, iron sights they don't give you like they don't punch you in the face with the feedback, right? Like, right. You really have to watch to see a little wiggle in your front sight. Uh huh. It's just not. It's you just don't. It, the 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 dot in in another way of putting it, it makes a mountain out of a molehill in terms of movement uh -huh. like dots move like they you perceive a lot more movement in that right yeah you get a lot more feedback for sure yeah so if you're moving you're going to perceive your dot moving around a fair bit uh -huh. right so especially if you're of the turtle configuration in your brain like you're going to see that move you're going to see that movement like oh fuck and then you drill in your eye drills in on the dot and you're kind of like you're trying to stabilize it and fight that and that slows people down a lot particularly with dots when they're shooting on the move yeah, people turn into perfectionists. Right, and then they can't ever achieve it because they're moving. So, yeah. again. Uh, yeah. uh, if I could, or I guess to ask you a follow-up question, what would a telltale sign that people are, if uh, somebody shifts their vision to their sight while they're shooting on the move, what might they see with hits trending? Yeah, so you're going to see the hits trending in the direction that you're moving. Without fail. Yeah, it's a, it's a really common pattern. And the reason is you're not tracking the target. So if you think about the drill, track the A zone where you, it's like, you know, the drill, there's a couple of barrel stacks and you move. And the idea is you have to look to where you think the A zones are on the target, even if you can't see them, because the barrel stacks obscure the targets. And it's called tracking. Like you track that spot with your eye. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you're focused on the site, then by definition, you're not tracking the target. So you, you'll have that. You'll, your shots will push off in the direction you are moving. Yep. So you see like Alpha Charlie, Alpha Charlie, especially if they shoot a bunch of strings, you'll just see all the target, all the hits uh, trend that way. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And another time, another time you'll see issues is if there's focal depth changes. So let's say there's a really close target and then you transition out to a far target. A lot of times people get impatient. Um, or let's say there's like they get impatient with their eyes and they don't find uh they they don't find a spot on the target. They just grab the site with their eye, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So just distance changes between the targets can cause that. So uh, one other thing that we talk about a lot is looking for small spots on the target, as opposed to looking just at the shape or color of targets. So number one thing to watch out for, watch out for is widely scattered hits on close range targets. Uh, so if the shooting is tidy at distance or at mid-range and the shooting is really spread out up close, that's indicating that the shooter is like they feel rushed or feel like they need to go fast. And on the close targets, they're just grabbing brown 
instead of looking for small spots. I feel like especially like too slow otherwise. Especially dot shooters. I don't think they can find the dot the window. So they just like center up, like get the window towards the target and then just start smashing on the trigger. If you'd agree yeah. with that. No, there's some guys that do that. It's like when they decide to look, go fast in their head, whatever that means, they stop looking for small spots and they just ham they just hammer all the targets and they mm -hmm. drop a shitload of points. It's very common mm -hmm. that people like to do that. Um if so you have somebody shooting tidy on paper, but there's a lot of extra us on steel, mm -hmm. and it doesn't really make sense, right? You look at the patterns of the hits on the paper, and you're like, well, they shouldn't be missing the steel like this. That's a big indication that when they're shooting at steel, they're just looking at the, the generally it's white. You know, they're just looking at white, the, the color white, instead of picking out a spot on the, the plates and poppers. Yeah. That's, again, that one is super, super common. All right. And then another that is also common to have people um, pick out small spots on some targets, but not others if you have a focal depth change. So let's say you're shooting a lot of close range targets and you're picking out spots on them. Then you you switch your eye to a 25 yard target and it's a blurry uh, brown blob. Right. And you don't kind of drill your vision into a particular spot on the target. You you just slap your side on, side on brown and shoot and then you go back to picking out small spots on the other close targets like that sort of thing is really common so you mm -hmm. got to watch out for that with focal depth changes okay so there you go very what nice think, joel uh this is good so uh somebody how would somebody uh want to correct these changes if they're not looking for spots in the targets they uh they're they don't oh okay i'll be straight here a lot of people like they say, oh, yeah, I'm always target focused so I can watch their behavior like they're clearly not. I mean, it's it's very it's very tough to know what's actually happening. Would you uh, Ben, would you say watching video is a good good indicator, especially I find GoPro uh, footage is super helpful first person watching how the gun moves. That is that is very helpful. Um, honestly, I think it's going to come from your target transition training. Uh, that's where I think people really get a sense for what they're doing is like live ammo at a range standing still with doing transitions on targets of different distance and difficulty and you do it just paying attention to what your eyes are actually doing and that's a good way to get started doing that i think uh, a good thing and, and well, track the a zone honestly mr kim came up with that one that's a great drill for it too absolutely because, uh, I because it it involves the the uh, vision barrier element mm-hmm I yeah. think asking yourself or constantly assessing what is in focus is super important also. Because mm -hmm. if you notice, you're always, I always see the pacers in the target, or I always see, some people see bullet holes, like whatever. Or if they see like really crisp, clear front sight, and they see the little serrations, like in the back of their front sight, that would be telling you a lot too. Like stuff to pay attention to if you're seeing those details. You got a response on that, on that message you sent, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I sure did, dude. That one does not need to get read right now. You could tell me the answer to that one afterwards, I think, sir. Uh, sure, sure can. <laughs> sure can do that. <laughs> that one All right, let's go to your topic, Mr. Joel. All right, well, uh, I actually have a, slight, a slightly spicy topic. Good. I want to tell a story, uh, something I observed at a match. I watched a competitor shoot a stage, and the run looks very nice. They follow the RO around while the scores are called, and two alpha gets called on a specific target, and the RO just, you know, goes on to the next one. They're doing their thing. 
before anyone can even walk up to this target to patch it. The shooter's calling, excuse me, RO, you might want to check this target again. RO, come back here, RO. It takes a little work, get the RO's attention, comes back, the shooter says, you might want to look at this target again. The RO says, didn't I call to Alpha? Shooter says, look at the wall, then look at the target. Then what happens is a blank look from the RO. So the shooter says, only one of the bullet holes on the, on the target has a grease ring, so the other one went through the wall. At this point, the light bulb goes on with the, with the RO. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And then it's Alpha Mike. Um, so, I mean, real talk, maybe only one or two people would have known this or caught it at this match. The shooter could have easily gotten away with the free hit. Bonus points, Christmas bonus. Um, some shooters maybe listen to the story and think it sounds like a freebie. Just take the bonus. You know, I mean, it's like, it's whatever. Just, it's, you know, get what you can get. I will say this shooter did not win their division at a level two match, and they would have won if they would have kept their mouth shut and took the bonus points. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, I mean, along those lines, another part of my little rant, I suppose, I've watched shooters try to talk range officers into doubles. They know they aren't there just to see what they can get away with. Everyone around them notices, and it's not a good look. Yeah, nobody likes that shit. So, I mean, regardless if anybody's going to catch it or say, you know, call you out in front of the squad or not, like, in this situation, the shooter, like, nobody else even really looked at the target. The shooter just, like, got the correct score because they wanted the score they earned. Anyway, I have a lot of respect for people that do that. Uh, that's a pretty classy move. That's a sign of somebody that I want to hang out with. Yeah, that's uh, pretty classy. Yeah. Do you hang out with this person, Joel? I like this person. It just so happens I do like this person. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. But I like this person. You would like this person, yes. Okay. Well, that's good, because I don't like anybody, as you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not true. I do like some people. So I'm going to talk about one of them now. Oh, boy. Well, you know what? This occurred to me the other day. Um, you know, I can be kind of an asshole. I don't talk about a lot of positive things. Um, but it occurred to me the other day, I showed up at a range to practice, like on a Friday afternoon, when it should be empty, and there were some guys building a match for the next day. Um, I couldn't shoot the match because I had other things I had to do that day, but I was already there, so... I, can, I would feel like kind of a dick not helping the match set up. You know what I mean, Joel? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, listen, I'm just going to shoot for like 45 minutes and then I'll help. So that's what I did. Anyway, uh, the guy doing the setup was Tanpo Timmy. So you know him from the internet. Yeah? I like Timmy D. He is a good dude. Yeah, so I thought about it. You know what? Well, I want to talk about Tanpo Timmy because like, there's a lot of guys that are kind of positive for USPSA in many respects. Tampo Timmy's one of them. So you know him from Instagram. So he has the dank memes, some of them. He's he, you know, he has some memes he puts out. Um, he's good at shooting. Would you say, Joel? Uh, I'd say better than good. Yeah. Yeah, no, no he's, like he's some, quite excellent. Right. So there's some stages have been like that he's put up later. Like, wow, wow, like that's a really good stage. Like that's a top five run at nationals like all day. Like that was really perfect, like really precise. Like 
you know, really good shooting, you know, good memes, um, building matches. So helps out volunteers at that level, travels around and shoots, but like not a shoot, not a pro shooter, but competes against pros, mm -hmm. which I, I used to have to do that. That sucked. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you had a big disadvantage there, you know, just like a regular dude, mm -hmm. but, but contributes, you know, in all these dimensions, mm -hmm. you know, calls out the organization's bullshit, which is fun, but just kind of wants these issues solved. I mean, maybe not a great, you know, Tampa Timmy's not a perfect person. None of us are. He, some people find him offensive. He's not shy about calling for the overlays, you know, especially <laughs> just had. Okay. But I just want to say, like, there's a lot of guys like that. And it's like, those are the type of guys the org tells people not to listen to. Like, to them, he's just a howler monkey. He's just like some dipshit. But when you look at him, like, well, his heart's in the right place. And he, like, he does all these, he's like, he cares about shooting better, cares mm -hmm. about helping, you know, put on matches and mm -hmm. travels and shoots and cares about it being like, a good organization or whatever for whatever you think of his actual opinions it's just but this is again on the list this is this is that one guy on the naughty list i like tim very much he's actually he'll be on my squad uh two of the major matches i shoot this year he's a guy like always patching targets always being helpful like everybody mm -hmm. likes him everybody likes him honestly well maybe not some people from the org but all the shooters like him anyway well i don't know it just occurred to me like that'd be one of the guys that want people to not like well i have to serve well if i'm gonna get pulled on this this podcast i have to serve my own podcast uh you don't know yet but professor kim and i were doing a bit of brainstorming and i actually plan on having tim on to do a, a training group live podcast interview in the very well, near future well well tim doesn't know that yet so i'll have to message him before this drops but uh if you want to hear more from tim in the near future assuming he says yes tim's gonna be getting a lot of surprises when the show drops <laughs> I agree. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to talk about VOC logic pretzels. Oh, my. All right. So, Joel, would you agree, like, fundamentally, the way VOCs operate when they're in conflict? And as you know, you know what I know, conflict reveals character. It really does. Yeah. That's why I like to instigate it, you know? Um, helps you sort shit out really quickly. So, uh <clears throat> The way they work is like it's a game of semantic judo in which they're always right and you are always dumb and wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. And then uh, they just play semantic judo with you until you get tired of arguing with them and go away. Mm -hmm. I normally just don't even engage because it's not productive. It's a total waste of fucking time. I agree. Um, but that is the, that's what I mean, these BOC logic pretzels. And it's kind of fun. Like when they take a position, they don't ever change and they don't ever admit they're wrong. So they end up having to twist themselves in some pretty uncomfortable directions, you know, like mentally in order to still like pretend that, I don't know, like it's like they live on a different planet in some respects. Like the, how anyone still supports the, some of the, the board at this point, like it's a little bit beyond me, but, uh, Whatever. Anyway, to circle back, the cameo incident where they have a national schedule that have to abort and do it in a different place and create a lot of chaos for a lot of people. This is a great example of an issue that these people created themselves. And then, and then now it's your fault. <laughs> now it's your fault for talking about it or it's, yeah. it's someone's fault for leaking it 
or you know whatever. It's it's anyone's fault but the obvious, which is it's it's their fault. They created this issue. It's easily foreseeable. And you know how we you know we've been talking about this behind closed doors for a while, yeah. Yep. Like months and months because mm-hmm. it's it was just <laughs> it was this is going to blow up at some point. Like they were yep. having some matches there successfully, which was good. I mean, we're not against we like matches. Oh, but eventually this will blow up because once the organization makes a statement out loud in public addressing the Colorado Magban thing, they're they're fucked because no matter what they say, they're going to be wrong. No matter what they say. So they if they tell everybody it's legal to bring your mags, which I don't think they would ever say that. But if they did that, that would be a problem, right? Maybe their legal counsel told them it was OK to do that. <laughs> I saw one. You know, we're sure what they're saying. That the, the mag ban didn't actually ban mags over 15 rounds. It was just like, dude, you need to shut the fuck up. It was, it was great. <laughs> it was, uh, Couldn't help myself. I knew you'd appreciate my joke anyway, even if most people don't. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, <laughs> they can tell the, the members to follow the law, which means that some people would be competing at a big disadvantage. Right? And that would create another issue. That's a, that's a big problem. Right. So that creates an issue. Yes. You can tell people to ignore the law, they, which is what they did, basically. They just ignored the issue for as long as they could, which that, you know, has consequences that come with it, which they found out about. And then uh, or and then it, they could have people sign a waiver, I guess, which that's, you know, nobody was going to do that. That was coming from the range, I think. The range wanted them to have people sign a waiver. But no matter what they did in that, like once that, situation was created no matter what they did they were they were screwed they were fucked just because of the inherent problem of they're having people violate the law at a national event like they can't come out and say that's okay like that and that was never going to work and we didn't say anything about this i we didn't talk about it on the internet until they were already fucked like the the day that they started making statements in public about about the mag ban issue yes like they were screwed Yes. Yeah, I didn't want to ruin. I didn't want to be the one to to ruin matches. Right. I didn't want to do it. Uh, it was going to happen, but I didn't want to be the guy. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be the one to fuck them. I just wanted to watch. You know. Mm-hmm. It was inevitable, Joel. Of course. Yes. Got it. All right. So anyway, like, what do they do? They deflect this situation on like, well, this is somebody leaked this, or something like so. You mean like told people what you're doing in public view? Like, like what are you leaking? It's public it's, it's, information. <laughs> it's so crazy to me. I know. Because this was so easily foreseeable and they just don't want to admit it. <laughs> it's a beauty. Well, we uh, well, I don't know if I should be asked or not, but the person they, uh, they made ineligible for competition because of this, I yeah. believe is now eligible for competition again. Is that correct? I don't know 100% that's correct, but I think I think that will be the case. I from everything I've heard, that will be the case if it's not already in the very near future. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll get my letter soon, but I, I kind of doubt it. You know, they're like a time's a charm. They're they're just as dickless as they are brainless. You know. All right, moving on. <laughs> well, we didn't have anything else to say, Joel. Perfect. That can be the end of the show. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't worry, they're not sending you a letter. Relax. No. You'll be good. All right. Well, oh, on that on that to- on that on note, that note we need an to- air 
Yeah, we was going to say we need an Area 3 uh, election, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Did you want to say anything? You want to say some words, Joel? No, not really. I mean, they're already looking for anyone not named Joel to run, so. <laughs> well, that sounds good. Someone yeah. named Joel is running, so that should be great. Anyway, with that, it's time to end. Uh, listeners, if you have a question you'd like the answer to, go to bensteger.com. Send us your question. Yeah? That's Sounds amazing. Yeah, hit end. It is amazing.